You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch potato i'm alex Morrison. and this week we're going to be diving in of course to our different sort of news topics and we're going to have a main part of the episode in which we're going to be going into our top five best and top five worst or bottom five worst however you want to phrase that shit we hate first party <laughs> nintendo games yes. for any of the consoles not handheld though because mm-hmm. as soon as you were just like because originally you're like no handheld too i'm like no fuck that that's gonna mess up my entire ranking the game system boy. <laughs> <laughs> so no we don't want to do that but no um thank you guys for the warm reception last week we can actually start reviewing these episodes faster ahead of time uh at least during these middle parts i mean the uh, beginning parts the middle parts we can record anytime but we'll still have a fresh intro every week to be able to talk to our folks and if you want to get conversational with us head on into our discord link is in the episode description uh, a handful of people just recently joined in so come have fun with us and tell us your real names and where you're from <laughs> I know, I have an auto message set up to be like, hey, introduce yourselves, and no, no one introduces themselves, but hey, whatever, it's cool. We're getting people in, and they're having a good time with us, so yeah, share some different articles that you think we should cover, um, but yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like in last episode, let's go ahead and move on over to our news segment. I don't know if I've used, I'm using a new one this week. I, last week's was okay, but yeah. it was like literally that was like five minutes in GarageBand playing yeah. with like different loops. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe this is a different five second last minute GarageBand loop, or it's the same fucking one. <laughs> but uh, once some we actually mentioned last week that we did not really discuss much. Uh, we kind of mentioned it in passing. Uh, there's going to be a new Evil Dead movie. Fuck yes. We watched the trailer for that last week, and something that you called out immediately is you said, thank God they are not in the middle of the woods. Yeah. you need to, you, They do show in the trailer a cabin in the woods situation, which I think will be the preamble of the movie itself of how it made its way to the city. Right. Because you see, uh, it's kind of like just a regular old city apartment flat, but yeah. the Necronomicon shows up in there. Yeah, and we just happened to... It's going to be that same conversation. Hey, what's this? Yeah, fuck it. Open it. Let's see what happens. That, that's still the thing that gets me on... I, I still call it the new one, even though it came mm-hmm. out over 10 years ago. But the most recent Evil Dead movie, it's like, motherfucker, it's like it's wrapped in a trash bag. Barbed wire. With barbed wire with around the trash that. And it's, and it's not just the basement. It's the sub-basement with dead cats hanging from the ceiling. And there's a shotgun... A tape recorder, an old 70s tape recorder, a, shot, a broken down shotgun with two empty shells and a couple other whole shells. And hey, look what I found. Yeah, and I'm going to use these bolt cutters to open up this book oh, that clearly. The, the snap of the fucking wire itself was just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like you, you know, he's 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 got gloves all he's prying it open, and this is what it seems like the kid is just wrapped in like some paper or some shit. But even then, it's just like if you were to t- if I found a book like that, I'm going to open it. But still, like, <laughs> and this is but this is why these movies are yeah. like real. But like you, you touch it, it's just like, like, like I fucking do it. What is it bound in? Um, a flesh of something. <laughs> You could we could joke human. We could joke. It could be a pig. It could be a chicken. It, we don't know. But it's flesh of something. It's flesh of something. And that's that kind of guy's a callback to that uh, movie I saw on Netflix recently, The Pale Blue Eye, where he finds a book like that. I'm just like, why'd you fuck you pick it up? Why did you do that? Like, what a dumbass. <laughs> don't read it. Don't yeah. read the thing. And, no. and, and it's like, especially like if you're it, okay, fine. You've made it this far. You've snapped the barbed wire. You've opened up the trash bag. You've peeled back the fleshy paper. When you start reading it, and you oh, and see, it's in red ink. Yeah, it's in red ink, and you see all these like burning witch diagrams and like all this Latin. Well, my favorite, and, my, what I just say? It's the all right. So we see the Latin written on the uh, earmarks of every page. The book is written in some fucking Sumerian language, but deep into the pages, carved in blood, is "Kill the bitch" in English. Like it is in England. There's 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 a whole page, and then the translation is once in. It's "Kill the bitch." <laughs> Burn her, (laughs) bury them deep. (laughs) Yeah. So even if you don't know what the book is saying, you can at least read that bit and like, okay, don't start reading the prayer chant. Yeah. Out loud. (laughs) Like, okay, if you okay, fine. If you've got to get this far, don't read out loud. Yeah. Read it in your head. And that's what don't like. whisper it. Why are you reading the words out loud? And what I like about what I like about it, it looks like it's the original book from the newest one. Yeah. From twenty ten. Yeah, it looks uh, like it's a sequel to yeah. that movie, which I'm cool with. Because yeah. that was a fantastic movie. But like I do like because it's not they're not going to show all everything that we want to see. Probably not until the next trailer or so, because it's not due till April. Um and when you see the open book, when you see like the main character who is the mom becoming a deadite, so to speak, it does have that gory feel already that the movie had. Um, especially, you know, the fucked up things the deadite says is, yes. is is kind of the the crux of the Evil Dead series. Oh, yeah. Is this like the terrible things she says in that goddamn basement while she's cutting her tongue in half, bifurcating her tongue, and is just like Oh my god! And we only got one sentence, and it was just, "Where's mommy? Mommy's with the maggots." And it's yeah. just like, "Yeah, that's pretty fucking metal." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna be watching it. Luxie Turner. Hey, look! It's like we had. I hadn't discussed that on any podcast yet. I like that song. It is. It's good. What's your name? The Beth Roars from YouTube has finally reviewed it, which is the newest song she's ever reviewed. Oh wow! Yeah. So. Going from Alice in Chains' Wood, you know, which is a fucking great song, to that is, is kind of a push. But yeah, we'll definitely be doing a review episode of that movie mm. when it comes out. And uh, moving on from other trailers, uh, we've gotten a look at Guardians 3, mm-hmm. and we've also gotten quite a few looks at Ant-Man t- uh, 3. Yes. Uh, Quantumanium. And honestly, as much as Guardians looks really good, I'm excited for Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant Man will probably be the introduction of our of our villain. Other, oh, absolutely. Other than, other than the Loki series, and I've already found out this morning that uh, 
the guy that plays Kang has uh, decided to do another cameo in the new Loki season coming up. So we'll get another mm. variant. Okay. Uh, for that. Um, but look, like the, even the first trailer for the new Ant-Man movie was perfect. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Playing. I know, I mean, right? It kind of gives you that Wizard of Oz feel kind of situation going into it. And I think we're going to see something probably terrible. I think we're going to see some characters die off. In Ant Man, uh, yeah, yeah, I got, I got a feeling we're going to see some mainstay characters that we saw in Endgame, maybe, or, or in Phase Three, just go ahead and die off. Yeah, I mean, so with the most, have you seen the most recent trailer mm. where they talk about a lot of the time dilation and stuff? So one of the main hooks is Kang is wanting to give Scott Ant Man. Um, time again because yep. he starts showing him all the time he missed during the blip yeah. during his time as a superhero and just kind of Cassie growing up mm-hmm. and him not being there so Kang is really using the I will give you time if mm-hmm. you help me and through that you also see in that trailer multiple Scots yeah so I wonder if it is going to be a scenario where the real Scott does die at some point in the mm-hmm. film, if they're opening up the idea of like variants and doubles of the same yeah. actor. I think I think a lot of it is going to be a uh, a family esque kind of drama type situation because we do see in the newest trailer that oh Cassie has been in trouble before, like has a criminal record because you know her dad disappeared, you know she lived through the blip you know she lived without a dad so she's going to be different that i think that'll be the whole point of why scott wants to go back to make sure she doesn't follow in the criminal footsteps that he did and stuff like that um it's probably going to be multi-layered like it should be like every marvel movie you know we're gonna get three perspectives at a b and c plot they're all going to come together at the end you know fight the big bad whether or not they win or lose is probably up in the air right now yeah but and we get modok yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we get Modok. We in get this a version too. of Modok. Yes, yeah. not our favorite version of Modok. No, but a, a giant, Modoc. a giant head. That's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, no, but like the one we really want to see is that amplifomorphic head just being pushed out of fucking <laughs> a giant gauntlet mask with tiny arms and legs. <laughs> but wraps him poetically like a fucking Shakespearean villain. But I find interesting you were saying that um, with. Ant-Man, you feel like it's going to be a big-time family film because I feel – or Mm family-centric film because uh, Guardians 3 is shaping up to be the exact same way because uh, this is going to be heavy on the rocket subplot or rocket plot. And a lot of that's going to be, you know, how he was created, how uh, he was – I think we're going to introduce not only that, but like his origin with the grand – Yeah. What's his name? They got it created Rocket. Yeah, yeah, I know what you uh, mean. But him, uh, the Grand Evolutionary, yeah. they're going to do also Adam Warlock, finally, which uh, the guy that's playing him looks looks okay. Yeah. Uh, I was expecting someone big, like someone who's going to be a little bit more imposing. Right. Yeah. He's pretty young. Yeah. So, like, but like the Adam Warlock we get in the Guardians video game is fantastic. Like, it's kind of scary looking. But talk about a forgotten video game. Yeah, right. The fucking, they had. Uh, Fing Fang Foom in it. Like, what the fuck? Why did you forget that game? It was <laughs> like, a, no one talks about be- that the, game the, at the all. The Beastmasters, that was the fuck, a, a, a newest villain created for the comics before the movie, first movie came out, and they put her in the fucking game. And yeah. she's fantastic. And they just, the story's good. That could have been the third movie, honestly. <laughs> like, honestly, that could have been the third goddamn movie. Well, it's like everyone's saying that the PS4 Spider-Man was like the, the best be- Spider-Man. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Period. It's the best goddamn thing ever made. There you go. Yeah. The Avengers, even the Avengers movie, as much as the fucking pay-to-play part of it is, the story's pretty good when you're trying to introduce a young superhero with a, a fractured Avengers. Yeah. Oh, I've heard nothing but garbage about... The, the story's the, fantastic. 
Avengers game, rather. Yeah, the story's fantastic. Yeah. Even, even the DLC with Maester and fucking MODOK, and they have a sentry robot in it. A goddamn Sentinel shows up. Yeah. And it's like, that's badass. But you couldn't <laughs> do it here because, you know, 14 different people on this entire billionaire property. <laughs> it's like having, like, roommates at an Airbnb. You're not really sure who owns what. <laughs> and it's just like we all throw our credit cards in the hat. <laughs> On who, what night we're on we're playing, you know, we're also essentially here. <laughs> but I can also tell that uh, Guardians Three is going to be a tearjerker. Yeah, because they because basically anytime you fuck with Rocket, mm-hmm. it's going to hit the sympathy wires, and it's like you know he's a Frankenstein, horribly messed with creature, and if they're going to go into that backstory, James Gunn's going to pull the fucking soundtrack. It's gonna oh, the soundtrack's going to be fantastic. It's, always, it's going to is everything's going to hit. It's going to mm-hmm. be like those like fuck you Pixar moments, mm-hmm. but in a Marvel movie. So like, I'm I ready. Think, I think the I biggest like tearjerker moment in all of Marvel for me was in Guardians Two, where there it's the the, the the funeral, basically, I was of just about to say and it's Cat Stevens' father and son playing, and I'm just like, get the fuck out of here! I went to the theater and saw that. I'm just like, I was, I went to Logan, I went to Logan, and he cried like a bitch. But how dare you do that to me, dude? It Ma- gets, making me feel shit. That part honestly gets me every time because it's like you've got the fireworks. Oh yeah, like, because they built up the whole Yondu is exiled from mm-hmm. any you know well the Ravagers mm-hmm. team and any other team because you know he failed to retrieve the child you mm-hmm. know he turned his back on the the Cree or whatever mm-hmm. or Creed. So it's like seeing everyone band together at the end to give well, him a proper too, salute. Yeah, and, and even the other Ravagers, you know, that that that's what I'm kind of hoping to see is the other Ravagers return, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, you know Sylvester Stallone and Ving Rhames and everybody uh, return as their character. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, she's a robot. She's a, she's a robot head. But yeah, everyone forgets that yeah, too. It, yeah. Miley Cyrus is see, part of the MCU. But you also see the other Sorcerer Supreme, uh, which is. Like a alien version, so like I think I think all everything will tie into itself. It is a grand tapestry of responsibility of power. (laughs) (laughs) Grand tapestry. I will say though, man, Marvel needs these two to hit. They need Ant Man and Guardians three to hit bad. Nope, nope, nope. You'd be just fine. Well, I mean, at least with the audience, because remember, Phase two of the MCU really didn't do that well. That's mm-hmm. where we had Iron Man 3, Thor 2, even Age of Ultron, which I know you liked, but you you can agree that you know it wasn't very critically or fan loved at least at the time. It took some time. There's it's kind of like the Star Wars prequels. Give it some time, everyone eventually comes I think, around. I think the unbelievable um goal that they're trying to set the the goalposts they're trying to move all the time is fucking stupid it is uh no one really wants to go to the movie theater anymore even 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 when you make fantastic let's say let's say this is the year they decided to do in game instead of back then honestly you can't make like make me think i need to spend 13 dollars on a goddamn matinee or even even let's say even more it's it's out of the reach economically to go to the movies. Well, see, even though I 100% agree with that, I would disagree that it wouldn't get people's butts in seats still. Mm-hmm. Look at um, No Way Home, mm-hmm. the last Spider-Man movie. That did tremendously. Yeah. And that was a good handful of years disconnected from Infinity War and Endgame too. So I, w- I would say that even post-pandemic... Um, 
people will still put butts in seats for a major event movie. Mm. I feel like here's the problem. So as I was kind of mentioning, you know, Phase Two wasn't that hot, but but listen to the movies I listed off: the third Iron Man, the second Thor, you know, the second Avengers movie. They weren't trying to do anything huge at that moment. Everyone was having kind of their separate story, and then we all came together because of Ultron, and then we all separated again. Right now, where we're coming out of Phase 4 into now Phase 5, we had so much that they tried to make happen in 4. Mm-hmm. It was more of a slow burn before, moving up to the threat of Thanos. Right now, think of all the shit that we've had. They're just trying to throw so much at the wall to where they can wrap up with the next you know, Infinity War in-game style movie so much faster than they did before. And I think that's the problem. So far, they've introduced the idea of multiverse, time hopping, witchcraft, and everything else. Plus, introducing like side characters like Moon Knight, Mm She-Hulk, you know, all these people that do have to eventually play small roles and everything else. The new Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. All of that has happened in this phase. I feel like they're trying to introduce way too much all at one time. Oversaturation. Well, not even over. It, it is oversaturation, but oversaturation on different plots. Mm-hmm. Before everything was in the end game of an Infinity Stone, and then now all the stories about the different Infinity Stones have led to Thanos. How is witchcraft, time travel, and multi-dimensional travel and new characters all going to play in all at once? And you know that, that's something to wait and see. It yeah, is. That's all we can do. the The problem I have with it is. You're trying to tell a story of a villain, their main villain. And that's the problem with Marvel. It's always a main villain that's the big bad. DC, you know, DC's always, you know, one character, one villain. You know, protagonist, antagonist. At no point do a shit ton of villains come together, really, in the DC universe when it comes to the the action movies and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. Um, I could see them breaking, you know, maybe 900... 900 million yeah. each at the box office. The reason I have a problem with the whole box office thing, numbers is, you, people are going to spend money no matter what to watch these movies. Right. And do we count, you know, you know when we do when we do accumulation of how much a movie makes, uh, Avatar, the first Avatar is always the good benchmark because it's a new product. It's it's literally a new technology. Let's get it out there. Second week Avatar 2 comes out it's made almost the same amount of money as Avatar 1, but gets beat by Megan, a horror comedy that's rated PG-13 in its second week. And I'm just like, yeah, drugs is fueling the fucking theater industry. <laughs> like, drugs. <laughs> the the dr- horror fans are dr- taking over. Yeah, yeah. So, stop. Take, movie theaters, if you want people to go see your fucking movies, take down the no loitering signs out front. Well, of take down the no smoking signs. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 look those up. But like... <laughs> Pro drug dealing fronts, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that one guy out there with the fucking trench coat and the four loco and a paper bag selling dope out front is the one that's going to make people love your fucking movies. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I know. I'm going to go see Guardians Three and Ant Man. I, I mm. think both of those look really good. Um, but yeah, as you were kind of mentioning with the oversaturation, I've watched all the different Marvel things that have come out, and right now, looking at the outside. 
it feels like if people watched Infinity War and then they watched um, the new Hawkeye series, mm-hmm. WandaVision, Loki, and the new Spider-Man, they would be caught up. Yeah, that, it feels much. like that's all they would really need to watch. Like it feels like so much of the other stuff is just so inconsequential. Mm-hmm. The only reason you would really need to watch it is to explain a microsecond of a plot. Yeah. To be like, who is that person? Oh, that's so and so. They showed up. Think, in the I think the blah, only blah, reason blah. the only reason they're doing it is because if you remember when Endgame came, or not Endgame, but Infinity War came out, everybody's like, well, what the fuck's going to happen in Endgame? Well, let's go back and watch these movies and find out maybe they left little hints. I think of how nerdy and how toxic the fan base is when it comes to, well, this doesn't make sense, and this doesn't make sense. It's just like, no, we're going to give you every goddamn clue as much as humanly possible even that the second from the bottom of Kang's army has a plot so you can shut the fuck up because you're making because every person like I said before the uh, first episode you got people making money on the backs of these creators who don't shut the fuck up yeah and some of these reviews and we've talked about it some of these reviews are lackluster like you're you're like if I watch one review and it's trash and you're just saying oh it's the bottom worst fucking thing in the world Okay, why? Tell me why. Tell and me why. Well, it goes back to the South. Well, it goes back to the South Park guy. He's not from America. What the fuck does he know about American culture enough to judge a show about America? Yeah, but at least he had the forefront to say. Yeah, but I'm not American. Yeah. there could be jokes here. I just don't get. Yeah. for me personally, it ranks here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem with these reviewers is they're not in the mindset of just going to a fucking movie. No, we'll definitely do a uh, a phase four wrap up uh, mm-hmm. where we can kind of talk about uh, the shows we watched actually and versus the reviewers we've yeah. seen and what they said and if we kind of agree with and it. That's kind of the only reason I like Mr. Sunday movies is because they're just bullshitting. Yeah. They're not like, uh, like here's what I think is going to happen. But like, hey, hey, man, did you remember what happened to that one movie, though? Yeah, yeah. Yep. What the fuck was that? Exactly. <laughs> and a perfect segue into that is uh, something that you, if you just click YouTube right now, you will see someone, anyone talking about this fucking show. And we watched the two episodes, uh, the new Velma series on HBO Max. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's not the best thing. It's not a Scooby Doo show for Scooby Doo fans. No. So everyone online is like saying that this is like the biggest piece of garbage in X Y Z. And and this is at least where I stand with it because I listened to a bunch of the reviews for the past few days, and then this afternoon we watched the two episodes that are available. And I one hundred percent agree and understand what everyone is complaining about. Mm-hmm. I feel like. We could silence those complaints, though, if one of the questions I even have could be answered. Who is this show for? That's the part that I'm not understanding and that I have the biggest gripe with because the the whole setup is that, you know, Velma is oh, basically you said it. everyone is just a shithead on this show. Everyone's mm-hmm. a horrible person on this show. Yeah. And it's basically it, if it's a family guy cutaway turned into a show this this is marketed to people who watch harley quinn maybe the exact same, it's the exact same comedy it's the exact same almost art style right a little bit uh now I, real, actually real quick while you said that huge 
props to the animation and art department. Yeah. That completely aside from any gripe we have about the show, you you even said midway you're like the transitions are really cool. Yes, some of the crazy trippy artwork things they mm-hmm. do in that, very creative, very well done on that. So a plus to the art department. Credit where credits due. So that was the one thing that was actually kind of keeping me invested was um, Velma. Uh, her character you wind up figuring out that basically a combination between her annoyance and her mom's dysfunction kind of drove her away she's always kind of burned herself feeling like she's the reason her mom she has a weird form of ptsd yes where where she started to try to solve her mother's disappearance and then she started getting ghostly ghoulish like ptsd vision symptoms which looks fantastic and those scenes are awesome so i really enjoyed that my fault with it is i don't understand who the jokes are for Hmm. because the jokes that they're making aren't for the audience the show was intended for so like so for instance you say oh there's going to be an adult velma show you're going to attract who scooby-doo fans you're going to attract people that are interested in that IP. When you get into the show, though, the jokes that are being served aren't for that fan base and, in fact, kind of skewer that fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance... It's a little too meta. It, it's very self-aware, and like too much. So, and, you, and you can't be too self-aware. Um, a lot of shows do this lately. Um but I think another part of it is we've talked about this before about who owns what we needed a show Mindy Kaling was a fan of Scooby-Doo growing up she's made that very mainly clear she wanted to do a show about Scooby-Doo from the back end hey what happened before they were all adults in a van they went to school together we know this through the history of Scooby-Doo there are some meta jokes in the live action movies that kind of get a little too real when you're an adult watching it but when you're a kid it's just like oh that's kind of funny you know oh Shaggy's a a stoner but in the movie he's just like he has stoner friends and this one is just like I will never do drugs and it's just like oh he's setting him up for failure fine perfect he's that (laughs) Uh, Fred is a perpetual fucking child <laughs> and, and that's why i was saying it feels like a family guy cutaway turned into a series yeah but that's i think that's what it is it's just the new comedy that's coming out and i don't know but but this kind of like reverts back to what i was saying though so if you if you market this as an an offbeat adult origin mm-hmm. story set in the scooby-doo universe you're going to attract the adult scooby-doo fans mm-hmm. and while you're watching it you know there's just so many times where it's like it's not playfully having fun in the universe some of it is mean-spirited some of it is just like very forced Mm -hmm. and like and again the jokes that they're telling don't really fit the audience or the universe like it just it doesn't i will say the opener i thought was really good because it is talking about television yeah and how they hook you Right. With the pilot. Or they're just talking about sexy is nudity. And, and they're doing it on HBO of all places. Which HBO that's it's, their hook. They're known for that. They're that's their hook. So I liked that enough to let it play into oh shit, there's a murder. Us growing up watching Scooby Doo, no one got murdered. Yeah. Not a fucking one. It's always a rich guy who owns an amusement park. <laughs> 
or see, a bunch of houses. And see, and again, I'm cool with that. But even in like episode one, I remember bringing up to you, I was like, "Who is this show made for?" Because some of the dialogue mm. and like situations felt very preteen young kid. Well, like, I think, I think that's what that's, just do it because we're doing it here. But then all of a sudden they slap you with a dick joke, and I'm no. like, ah. So, so this is what I think happened. So instead of being We've had this problem before with other series we've watched. Instead of being precision targets of uh, males between 20 and 35 or uh, couples adults between the ages of 35 and 45 or this and that, they are shotgunning as many target audiences as possible until they reach one. And then they'll write it that way. Yeah, I think that's what the approach is for the pilot for the first two episodes. Uh, the same thing happened with... Um, uh, Venture Brothers, when it came out, no one really knew who the fucking audience was. Right. Because, you know, you got friends of Johnny Quest and shit like that. And it's just like, who is this for? <laughs> because you watch it, it's just like, I have to know a lot about a bunch of shit to get it. Yeah. I do, but like, <laughs> don't do that until later on. And then that show eventually went from a shotgun approach to a very specific type of audience who knew a specific type of nerd fandom. I think this will actually create a lot of fans of Scooby-Doo going forward. Really? Because people who don't know what what is what what we like about Scooby-Doo growing up, younger people aren't going to relate to that because they never saw that. They're but, never going to see that. But the jokes don't land. They're not even well, that's clever. What, that's, that, what that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's going to create a basis like, okay, why has she got her own show? Where is that from? Then we're going to go, they're going to go back and look at the old IP right. and bring up resurgence. So whether or not it's good, this is the cool thing about television, whether or not it's good is not really doesn't matter as long as they still hold the IP and can still make more product later on down the road. Yeah, but if you saw a bad TV show, would you want to look back and try to find other things about it? Or would you watch the two episodes and then forget about it and move on? I if you did like if you didn't know like okay we you your generation z alpha whatever the fuck the new generation of preteens and kids growing up now are um and you have no big basis for scooby-doo you had young parents i didn't give a shit mm-hmm. either you see this pop up and you watch it if you were kind of sitting here like i am going the jokes aren't funny you know i don't really it's kind of interesting the art looks cool but the jokes aren't funny i don't get this what would lead that person to want to look up the rest of it and try to look at other things? Well, you're assuming that person, like the younger generation, wouldn't like it. At well, I'm all. assuming, like, well, I'm just saying, like, so someone like me that's watching it but has no basis of what Scooby Doo is, is it's looking at it based purely on the jokes mm-hmm. and like how the show flowed and the characters and the way everything was. I would probably be more interested of where these characters, why they got their own origin story. That'd be mm-hmm. my interest because we get that in the very beginning. This is the origin story of Velma. Well, who the fuck is Velma? Right. Well, they they're trying to show yeah, you. Yeah, but like they don't know why she has an origin story. Kind of like when we do like the Kate Bishop thing. Why Why is she important? Is she important? For us, no, because we have Hawkeye. That's, that's it. There's the end-all, be-all. Anything past that is not for me. Hawkeye's not end-all, be-all. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying for I that, for that character. And for, oh, fun fact, uh, he probably won't get to play Hawkeye ever again because yeah, he might lose that. his fucking leg. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I hope Jeremy Renner gets better. <laughs> good luck to you, brother. 
<laughs> but uh, he can still play the guitar, so. <laughs> but uh, kind of segueing out of that a little bit, um, you also brought this up a little bit last week, and it's going to kind of move on into our main topic. Uh, but you mentioned a new Zelda game is going to yeah. be coming out. Yeah, uh, after Breath of the Wild and a much kind of wait for Breath of Wild 2 that we're not getting. We're getting Tears of a Kingdom. Yes. So Kind of an interesting title. What do you think that's going to... So it... So... <laughs> If you've played Breath of the Wild, anyone's listening, you know how vast the map is. And that's the great thing about games nowadays. We we go from the NES, Zelda, or Mario. Hey, what do we got? We got four levels. <laughs> we got four levels. And then we got four levels within those levels. And that's how we get around. And then we went from that to Super Mario. Round, round, get around. Get around. Get around. Stop, stop. <laughs> And just stomping on turtles the whole time. You, you remember the old, um, uh, uh, it was the old old man scooters. Mm-hmm. And they'd have that in the background. They're like, get, get yourself a buggy today. We have a financing yeah. available. Round, round, get around, get around. Yeah. I could just drive a, you're telling me I could just drive a car on the sidewalk. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the whole open world of Zelda, which was to me is what it really was supposed to be. You know, Zelda is the biggest open world that you should have. What do you think, like, the first true Zelda game was? Where it's like you pick this up and you're like, this is the definition of a Zelda game. Link to the Past. Yeah. Yes, because you get two maps. You got a dark world, you got your world, and you got to fight your way between both just to save this one girl. Right. And that's the whole crux of every Zelda game. Just like Mario, I got to save Peach's ass. Or stop this one guy from creating identity theft in Mario Sunshine. <laughs> uh, that, but those are the, those are the parts of the game that we know. Yeah, uh, they're both the same, you know. Uh, but the only thing is, this is a fantasy. This isn't a platformer. There are platform aspects to it, but all intents and purposes, it's an RPG. Yeah. Okay. It is the the role playing game. This and Final Fantasy are the end all be all of RPGs. Period. That's not an opinion either. That's based on sales and actual. <laughs> that's based on fact, motherfucker. Well, that's a fact, motherfucker. So like, even Final Fantasy is like, we need to get on that Nintendo action, like, <laughs> and that's a fact. Final Fantasy three is on the Super Nintendo for a reason. <laughs> um, but it when you first open the game in Breath of the Wild, you come out of a cave, and your character automatically, without without you touching the controller, automatically runs to this little tip of a cliff. And you see it. Mm-hmm. The world yep. of Hyrule. And then you jump down with your little glider. Yeah, but like even that, that's even later. Yeah. Like you have to work for that. But like that right there, that opener is how you should open a Zelda game. Well, how do you think this one's going to roll? Do you, is this going to be a continuation yes. of that story? Yeah. So I can't say how the villain is going to play out because the villains do change in some Zelda games and that what's, that, to me that makes them lesser Yeah, because it's not the same villain. It's not Ganondorf every time. Yeah, but it's not, you know, like like playing a Zelda game or playing a Mario game and Bar- uh, War, uh, Bowser. Bowser is not the bad guy. Eh, they're not good games most of the time. Those are not good games. Uh, yeah, well, Bowser is usually behind whatever yeah. other villain so you're this fighting. One, so, like, even in Sunshine, when you're fighting Shadow Mario, who turns mm-hmm. out to be Bowser Jr., was still mm-hmm. sent there by Bowser. Yeah. So, it's like, usually he's still the top of the food yeah, chain, yeah, regardless. But in, but in Hyrule, so many villains. Right. So many underscored characters. Like, even uh, one of my favorite handheld games was A Link Between Worlds, which is the map of Link to the Past. 
new puzzles, same fucking terrain. Right. And it's just like, who's the villain? Is it is it Ganon? No. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to fight the son of a bitch, but it's not the main bad guy. So there is a there is kind of a storytelling purpose of the Zelda games when you're trying to layer it on top of itself because it's it's a multiverse. Let me put it that way. Link is Link is literally the link between all these universes. Right. He has to Not live. Not the Game Boy Link cable. Yeah. But <laughs> he has to live and die in all these worlds. You're literally playing the same person in every game as opposed to Zelda, who is different in every game. Ganon is different in every game. But he will always be the same link, whether he's a child, an adult, a teenager, whatever. And Tears of the Kingdom, I think, will be a close second to Breath of the Wild when it comes to gameplay. All right. Uh, because uh, this will, from what I'm seeing, I'm not seeing any gameplay yet, but only I can only speculate. I can only assume later uh, <laughs> if it's not what I think it is. <laughs> but it's a world in the sky, which they did try to play with Skyward Sword that came out for the Wii U. That had a different uh, art style. It kind of had like that mm. Paper Mario flat yeah. look to it. Yeah, and it was for the Wii U. Uh, they ported it a Switch, which it wasn't meant for the Switch, so it's going to look different. Um, but I think this will be the next big thing out of Nintendo Switch. Well, Nintendo's been really killing it right now because um, they've got that Mario movie coming up. Yep. Uh, they've got the new Zelda game, and then you've also heard rumors of the new Zelda movie. So, actually, that's a perfect way for us to kind of move on into our main topic of this episode. And you know what, baby? It's going to be a fistful of quarters episode. Drop a quarter in. We're going to be talking about our top five favorite and least favorite first party Nintendo games. And this one took me a minute to kind of write out because my favorites I was able to key in pretty fast. But my least favorite games I kind of ha- I had to keep double checking, and most of them were titles that were ported to mm-hmm. Nintendo systems. Now that's kind of the hard thing about Nintendo is like their IP is so so high like it is top fucking tier you know games and stuff like that they rarely make shit games mm-hmm. as opposed to you can actually argue that with microsoft and sony they don't make shit yeah third party makes shit yeah okay <laughs> all right that's a fucking fact okay yeah if i think of like sony off the gate uncharted fucking out the gate laura croft tomb raider fucking spyro these were top tier fucking games and you're not gonna fucking beat it. crash fucking bandicoot one of the coolest fucking platformers of his time microsoft halo fucking halo <laughs> how how big was that shit growing up how fucking and massive. The, and you have the outliers like Sims and Grand Theft Auto that are third parties, Call mm. of Duty. Yeah. You know, so, so it's like you do have your outliers, mm. but for the most part, I think that'll be another uh, Fistful of Quarters episode. Yeah. Our, our top, it'll have to be top 10 least favorite third party games <laughs> that we've played. Yeah, there's a few. There's quite a few. Spider Man's in the top though. With oh, Activision. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's that. Well, that. Uh, well, which one? One. Spider Man, the movie, the game for the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man Two is fun, but you just asked me to chase a fucking balloon down. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> How about deliver some pizzas? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I dude, I remember, I remember playing that game and doing like just 
like loops uh-huh. around a fucking building just to fuck that pizza up as he like remember how remember show yep. damage and i'm just like land smack bash <laughs> and i'm just like here's your shit <laughs> pete we need you to make some more pizza what stops me from eating the pizza and then robbing you <laughs> i'm spider-man bitch, bitch yeah. <laughs> I'm the spider man. Well, uh, do we want to go with top five favorites or least favorites first? At least. Start from, least. The, bo- start start from the bottom. Start. Now we're here. All right. Like the song says, which is grammatically incorrect because we never know where, where he went from the bottom. But now he's here. But now he's here, whichever that is. That could be lower. Exactly. <laughs> he says it in the song. We start from the bottom. Now we're here. Now my, my boys are with me here. And it's just like, did you bring your, all your friends down to your level and fuck their world up? Shit. You know more about this if you play pool with me and Mikey on like a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a podcast all in itself. Oh, yeah, where we break down the, the, the retrospective rap songs. <laughs> now, uh, my top five favorites and least favorites definitely have a uh, theme. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, as I've mentioned a few times on the show, which I do need to eventually change, but I was never, I never played a lot of the Zelda games. You know, I was mainly a Mario kid. So if we're talking first party Nintendo games, you know, Kirby was very inoffensive to the point it never gotten my favorites or least favorites. See, I ne- Metroid was fun. I never think about Kirby ever. Yeah, because I never play the game. Pokemon was fun, but most of those were handhelds, and we were kind of sticking with home consoles with this. So a lot of these games are Mario based, um, mm-hmm. especially in my top five favorites uh, and worst. Um, they're kind of in no particular order because I just remember all of these being rather Awful. lackluster. Um, I would say number five is probably the only one that as counts with the ranking, and I would say that'd be Mario Party Eight for the Wii. Okay. Um, the reason why that one actually hits my top five least favorite one, I've not played a, a shit ton of first party Nintendo games that mm. I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Like you were saying, the first party games are usually enjoyable to some aspect. This one, though, was a major letdown because it was for the Wii. It was the first console that didn't necessarily support high definition, but it supported widescreen. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Yeah. In this Mario Party game, there was no widescreen. It was still letterboxed. So on our big, fancy HD TV, we have a Mario game that's the only game in our collection that's letterboxed. And the graphics looked worse than the GameCube games. Like, you could tell they tried making it sharper, but due to that, you could, like, count the pixels Mm. around their arms. Where, like, the GameCube one was, like, rubbery smooth and, like, super nice and, you know, polished. This felt like a mobile... Did it seem like it was rushed? Maybe, but honestly, looking at the time frame of the uh, creation, it definitely wasn't. Like, it wasn't, like, rushed to market. And they had a few years of working with the Wii hardware before it came out. It just really did not live up to my excitement. That didn't necessarily mean that I didn't put a shit ton of hours in it with the family. Because at mm. that point, my little sister was old enough to play, like, small games like Mario Party. Very easy to assemble and get by. Especially for the Wii. Half of those fucking mini games were swing the Wii mode around or do something on the screen. And she was old enough to do mm. that. So between me, my sister, and uh, Eric, we would just play the fuck out of that game. But in the back of my head, I'm still going, I hate that it's not widescreen mm. and it looks like it was a mobile game blown up to the TV. <laughs> so number five is that one for me. And then the rest of them just kind of are in no particular order. Uh, the worst game I have ever 
had the pleasure of oh playing. you're starting at the bottom 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 yeah, yeah the worst game okay uh, well let's let's all right i'll do it like you did uh, sonic heroes is fucking awful for the gamecube now is that a first party game i thought that was multi-platform nope sonic heroes was only for the gamecube okay yeah so that's what i was thinking about mm-hmm. it was like all right yep i had the purple cor- triangle in the corner yep Sonic Heroes is ridiculously awful. You play as Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails. The problem with this game isn't so much the platforming as it is the unfinished game that glitched so fucking hard. The clipping was so bad, it was damn near unplayable. There was, And at the time, there was no internet patch. There was no re-release. They didn't even bother to do a fucking redo of the game for newer platforms. So that's how bad the game was. Yeah. So I've, I've seen quite a few people play that one online. And I'm not saying Sonic games are terrible, but this one is one of three awful fucking games. <laughs> that's the Sonic platform had come over. And then, right. you know, what sucks is, you know, Sega doesn't exist anymore. It technically is Nintendo now. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's another part of it. I don't think they knew how to handle that kind of situation. And with the world of 3D... Sonic doesn't mean any fucking thing. No, Sonic belongs in a 2D platform. Mm-hmm. It really does. The the whole core gameplay, the best games in the series are 2D, and that's really where he belongs. Well, the whole thing fucking Sonic's based on is, is like, how fast could you beat a Mario level? Yeah, that's basically. what it's all about. Let's make a game so fucking fast. That, for the first level. For the first level. And why? Because just like I did at Mikey's house the other night, I put on Super Mario Brothers for the SNES, and I just sat there... A muscle memory my way to the very end of the game in front of him yeah. and he was just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh then i'd say my number four uh i'm kind of sorting them in my head a little bit better now number four for me is another game that i feel like you would probably agree with because you've been playing one of the recent games another genre that belongs in a flat 2d world pokemon but this one is pokemon snap for the 64. For the 64. That game made no fucking sense to me. You're just it, taking pictures of Pokemon. Yep. There was no strategy in it. Like, there are parts of the game where you have to take a photo a certain way, if I remember. Yep. To, yeah, you to have win. to get the... Uh, so, I played it again recently, which is what made me think of it. It's I on the ha- it's on the Switch now, ain't it? Yes. It's, all, it's part of the uh, expansion pack uh, thing where you can get the Nintendo 64 yeah. channel. Yeah, I saw that fucking list. It looks like shit. It does, but there are going to be... They just added Mario Party. Yeah. So, you've got a Mario Party game yeah. now, so... That, I, I enjoy that. But um, I, I played it again recently because I remember really liking it. I was like, oh, I remember liking playing this as a kid. Dude, the controls are so fucking hard. Mm. You, the gameplay is really slow. You're just you're stuck in a cart and you just got to look around and snap photos. You've got a, a specific amount of photo uh, film that you can take. Yeah. So it's not like you can just rapid fire the entire fucking time. I think it was like six or seven years ago my buddy mine, he broke out a 64 and his kids wanted to we were starting to get into Pokemon and stuff like that and he broke out uh, 64 and he bought new 64 controllers from a game store mm. uh, who, who made third party developments and stuff like that and he put on Pokemon Snap and I'm just like I haven't seen this game in a very long time and I'm like oh my god this game is fucking sucks and he was like into it and shit I'm just like yeah but like the game boy games were the shit yeah. what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> and one that didn't make my top five favorite or worse but was really good was Pokemon Stadium for the uh, 64 that yeah. was really fun but that, that Snap had, was yeah not. that actually had like a Final Fantasy look to it <laughs> yeah but, but Snap no 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 no, no. Uh, one of my other ones and this is going to piss a lot of people off 
was Legend of Zelda Wind Waker for the GameCube. See, and that's why I was wondering what was your first like favorite game because I remember a lot of people loving Wind Waker. I do not like that game at all. Mm. I think it's because I wasn't part of the 64 thing mm. where it was Majora's Mask and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which are perfect games in the Zelda community. But Wind Waker, I do not fucking like. It looks too cartoony. It looks shitty. Uh, I will say Spirit Tracks is better, and that will piss a lot of people off because that <laughs> game is universally fucking hated. <laughs> well, there goes half of our listeners that are tuning out right now. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so is it mainly just the art style, the story? So, like, I grew up playing the SNES. I grew up seeing other games that could look good. Like, we grew up seeing games that looked almost lifelike. Right. Tony Hawk is one. Tell me you couldn't do a Zelda game that looked almost like that. Mm. Looking like a person, an actual person. And that's what pissed a lot of people off about when, like, that whole E3 thing happened. Their, their show, like, we've watched the thing about Nintendo showing Z- uh, Link fighting Ganon. And it looks so fucking real. And guess yeah. what came out? Wind Waker came out. Yeah. So, Fuck y'all for coming that out. Especially because around that time, uh, Melee was coming out. You were yeah. getting the super realistic look and everything yeah. else. And they were like, oh shit, is they that going to be like the model? And they didn't even get close to that until Twilight Princess. That's between the GameCube and the Wii. Yep. And by the time that came out, I'd already had a Wii and a classic controller. So I'm playing that. Mm-hmm. Fuck Wind Waker. That's a game <laughs> I could skip. And All right. Well, I'll go with my uh, controversial one then. Uh, my number three super mario kart for the super nintendo yeah that i am surprised at the behemoth that mario kart is now it's like with eight deluxe and like all the everything they've got that this kicked it off this is the one that they made a sequel for that i played a shit ton on the 64 the original Super Mario Kart is horrible. And you can't blame the technology because, again, it didn't make the list, but some of my favorites were NES games like uh, RC Pro-Am, um, Pole Position. All of those were really good, fun racing games on a generation older console. You can't tell me you couldn't have made Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo a little better. Mm-hmm. This game sucks I would play the Game Boy game of Mario Kart before I play those. So it, it's kind of a funny story when I read about Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart for the SNES. It was uh, there was a lot of backlash from the game F Zero mm-hmm. because kids couldn't play it. It was too fast, and like kids who did play it weren't winning. Right, and so the karting thing, and it's just like okay, yeah, carts are for kids. You yeah, know? but I will say, as much as you hate it. They do spawn. They did spawn it. It is the and that's first. what I'm saying. It's shocking to me. Yeah, and I mean, in my humble opinion, it has to be Mario Kart 64 that saved it because yeah. that's a fucking top tier game. I didn't put it in, in mine because I there's other reasons, but yeah. that game was one of the few that I put in so many fucking yeah. hours. I'm not a fan of racing games. Period. So, um, <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> yeah, well, like I'm just saying, like I could see where you're coming from on that. So yeah. like another one for me, which I'm surprised didn't kill the franchise, uh, was of uh, the Legend of Zelda Link Link's uh, Link's Adventure Two for the NES. Okay, this is hated. <laughs> Venom in the vein, hated. Okay. Uh, so imagine. 
okay, imagine Mario, platformer, we're bumping up and down, side to side. Imagine you're doing that. What does Zelda look like? It's a top down. You're looking down. You're going up, up a level, down a level, over left. This one, they changed it into a fucking platformer, and then to fuck you, it switches when you're going from when you leave the town. First of all, the town is poorly rendered for the NES. Right. Poorly fucking rendered. You leave the town and you go on a trail. Now it's a top down, but it's a massive map and you're like this fucking big. And then monsters come out of nowhere, like fucking Pokemon. Yeah. And then you turns back into second or uh, it turns back into the platform side to side. So the game transitions from a top down to a side to side. The uh, the fighting is shit. The you and it's the NES, so it is limited on what it can do. Yeah. You still have your A and B. And it sucks. Oh my god, oh, that sounds and, like and, a headache. And then you had to know the glitches to beat the game because the game glitches. It, you can go through walls and shit. <laughs> I didn't beat this game until it came out for the uh, uh, game uh, Game Boy S or Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I played it on an SP and I had a Nintendo Power Silver Cover Nintendo Power of the two Zelda games, Zelda, Wind Waker, and Link's Awakening. Yeah, and all that. But in there was a guide on how to beat the game. That's the only way I knew how to beat it. <laughs> Fuck. I looked up forums about this game. It said people from like the fucking early 90s couldn't beat this game. No. Without contacting Nintendo. <laughs> like that's that's how that's how much of a shit game it was. and it could have killed the franchise. Yeah. Because you're game. going you're going from the first game which is a golden cartridge. A gold fucking cartridge to this, the most anticipated sequel of an RPG next to probably Mario. Mhm. Or Castlevania or Kirby yeah. or Mega Man or some shit, and you're just like you shit the bed on this one. Yeah, and again, it is, it just, is fucking terrible. Maybe that's the game I need to play first to get into the series. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> and um, and both of these games uh, rank number two for me, but Double Dragon for the original NES, the beat 'em up. I do not understand the attraction to these games. The beat 'em up games? Well, the, I like beat 'em up games, but the Double Dragon games suck. I don't get it. For the, the NES? Yes. Like oh, the they, NES they control all. horribly. It just the, it doesn't know. The only like thing it. I remember about the Double Dragon NES was one of the main bosses looks like a like guy who's suffering from radiation sickness. He's got super fucking huge, but the way they made the bumps on him and stuff, yeah, it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. he's got a tumor in his brain. <laughs> And it's just like, Plus, I like Punch Out. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. The mechanics in that work fine. Uh, and there's a couple other the beat 'em ups that I cannot pull off the top of my head mm-hmm. right off. But well, there's like Rival Turf. There's Final Fight. Uh, a couple Final games. Final Fight. Yeah, I remember yeah. playing that. Yeah. One. So like me and me and Mikey uh, recently this past Friday actually uh, turned on the Switch and he had the SNES package or whatever I was on it and uh, we were just going through playing some games and we found uh, either what was it Rival Turf. Which is two kids. It's two real kids. Yeah. Like real people. And they're like pointing and they look like thugs and shit. Two little white kids, you know, just like this. But when you play the game, you're playing as a white guy and a large black man. <laughs> like Robin Big. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in the streets and you're just a side by side beat em up and you're fighting heroin addicts and drug dealers. And it's just like and me and him were sucking at this game. Yeah. Because first of all, I was playing with a switch controller and only one controller was working. Oh no. So I didn't activate the left. So I'm just like trying to do shit and I'm just like moving just I'm just punching. I'm just punching. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know what's going on. And it's it's, it's 
game, so the yeah. controls are shit <laughs> when it came to those fighting games because the R buttons don't do anything. They, no. they did not use the whole controller in this game, so I'm just like pressing shit. I'm just like, oh shit, if you press A and jump, he does this. He does a roundhouse. And it's just like, oh, fuck, he only do it like three times. <laughs> I'm like, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> and that's just the way I feel on Double Dragon. It just the, the, that, it didn't control well. I didn't care for it. That's an IP that I would love to see remade now. Yeah. That would be the Let's shit. Let's with current technology. That'd yeah, be fun. Like Mortal Kombat. Yes. <laughs> So, what you got for your number one or your number two? What, are you doing your number two or yeah, number yeah, one? I'm doing my two. That's okay, like yeah. for the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for the GameCube. Okay. It was only I for hearing about that. One. It was the only Final Fantasy game specifically for the GameCube. Yeah. And I got it because I was a fan of Final Fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to. You know, uh, my buddy of mine had seven for the PlayStation, and that was a cool game to look at. And I was like, "Fuck it, let's see what this one is." You know, maybe maybe it's different, and it's different. It it's, is really different. It's straight up fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> and there's a big community that loves this game, and I played it. I could not get into it. I, the, the characters weren't likable. Mm. Uh, the story was kind of shit, if yeah. I remember. And I'm just like, you know what? I got Mario Sunshine. I guess. Why, why, why did I rent this game? Why did I rent this game when I could play Gun? <laughs> Which, the best. Fucking, if we're talking about third-party games, one of the best third-party games ever to come to Gun. Gun. Red Dead. Couldn't be Red Dead today without the game Gun. That's a fact. Famous line, here. famous line. Famous line. The first time you walk into a town, you see two guys running after money, running after a woman in a blue dress. Old West Town. You know what you hear? Give us your money, bitch. Like that's <laughs> that's how it happens. That's how it goes. That's what happens when you go to town. Give us your money, bitch. <laughs> but this, give me my money back, bitch. <laughs> give me my money back, bitch. <laughs> like even if like even like if I was like Scott the Waz and started collecting games, this yeah. is probably one of the last ones I would try to get. <laughs> Well, actually, that that leads into my number one least favorite, and it kind of started with that whole idea of looking up retro games, Mm -hmm. seeing the covers, and just being like, ooh, I want to try that. And like buying a super cheap game on eBay or back when um, it wasn't GameStop. Mm -hmm. What was the other game store? There was EB Games. There was uh, Game Masters. There was uh, Game Builders, which was another one, which now just does tabletop stuff. This one was in Spartanburg. Did you ever go to Spartanburg much? Gamecock gaming. <laughs> Either way, it was... Woo, go Gamecock! <laughs> it was another one of those that was a semi-chain that there were multiple of, but there was that one there. So it's like, that's where I first learned that there was like a Beavis and Butthead game for the Super Nintendo. I had that game. It just like weird shit like that. So I would just kind of walk through and see different shit. And I saw this label for the, uh, for the regular NES, which I had just got. And I was like, oh, ooh, my angsty teenage brain likes this. Skate or Die 2. I've heard, One of I've heard the things. worst games I have ever played. And I think part of the reason is because it was such a letdown. If I remember right, in Tony Hawk's Underground, the first one, you could run up to an arcade machine and... And Skater Die was on one of the arcade machines. Maybe I'm not sure for the GameCube. I think it was for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, I, I just I was literally into skateboarding. I mm-hmm. liked that culture. I liked uh, Tony and Bam. You know all that shit. I am getting into retro gaming. I've spot that, and I'm just like, yes, this fuels everything I like. I'm a skater kid that likes retro gaming. Skater Die too. 
if if I want to con- complain about Double Dragon and the controls on that, I would play that all day before Skater Die. You can barely move on that fucking skateboard. Once you finally get up enough speed, controlling it is a son of a bitch. The fighting mechanics are all off. You move way too stilted, and your enemies move way too fast. Mm. I so you it, die a lot instead of skate. Yes, <laughs> it's it's fucking it sucks. It's the classic NES trope of. You being to get better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, get better, stupid ass. Yeah. It, it sucks to suck, don't it, bro? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I just remember seeing that really cool artwork on the front, taking it home after spending my $10 on it. $10. $10. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I was happy. I was excited because I remember, I heard of that title before, too. I was like, scared or die. Oh, yeah, that must be one of those good ones. Mm. <sighs> yeah. So that that kind of that's why I didn't me. like the Tony Hawk games, pro skater games. I didn't mm-hmm. like those because there was time limits. Well, see, I like the uh, the pro skaters. I, I, I didn't like the pro skaters because the time limits. But when Underground Two, honestly, came, uh, well, the pro skaters in Undergrounds may make it into my top ten favorite of the third parties. But yeah, on that note, I guess it's time for us to wiggle our way well, I in. Need, uh, I got one more. Oh, you got your number one worst. I'm sorry, I forgot. Friday the Thirteenth for the NES. I was I was gonna put that, but I personally never played it. I did. I was trying to just put games that I've personally I tried, played. I tried my hardest to play this fucking game. Granted, I was a child. And then, Ken Osborne, a friend of mine, uh, had the emulator. Yep. I, I, I downloaded an emulator for him. I gave it to him, put it on his computer, and I gave him five NES games. Mario, Duck Hunt. Uh, I can't remember the other two, but Friday the 13th is one of them. Because I had an NES USB controller. Yes. Hooked it up for him, showed him how to boot it up and everything. And... We sat there and tried to play this fucking unplayable game. The whole point is to save the children and not get murdered by Jason. Yeah. Who's purple, by yeah. the way. Purple and blue. Purple and blue. Uh, you're attacked by the, decap- uh, the decapitated head of his mother every now and then. And it is almost impossible to play. A better version of this is the Friday the 13th card game I made up <laughs> where you have to go from cabin to cabin without being killed. So, like... That was better to play. And I made that up in my head. <laughs> with, I am the game master. With, with with poker cards, with actual poker cards. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's the worst it's pretty fucking, fucking bad. Oh, it is magically terrible. <laughs> well, since I almost skipped over you anyway, you want to start with your number five favorite? Uh, Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime. For okay. the GameCube. Uh, I felt that, like Uncle Rogers just, just then, Metroid Prime. Prime. Uncle, oh, my God. <laughs> Why you woman? Why you play woman? <laughs> Who dressed like- Dude, that blew my fucking mind when I found out Samus was a woman. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, so uh, I was a big fan of the Metroid games growing up because I had Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. And if you beat Super Metroid a certain way... Uh, you find out it's a woman. Yeah. Uh, but the cool Bikini. thing. But the cool thing about Metroid Prime was if you beat the game within a certain amount of time, if you beat the game, period, you get Metroid for the NES, unlockable in the game. That's cool. If you beat it in an under time limit, you get Super Metroid in the game. And I was like, I gotta beat this fucking game. So I broke out the game Shark. I'm just like, oh, I'm getting forty fucking missiles in the beginning, <laughs> blowing fucking enemies left and right, just. See that I heard that game was not well received because it tried to basically turn itself into a Doom clone. So it is a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. But the puzzles were fantastic. The enemies were cool. Uh, they revamped a bunch of them because 
it got a lot of pushback because it is a side to side game for yeah. for NES and SNES. But it's so much fucking fun as a shooter too. Right. Like it it didn't take anything away from it. You got to see the world. You're building a three D world in a mm-hmm. first person shoot. It's the best kind of way to do that. You could do like third person, like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. But when you're shooting, yeah, yeah, you kind of want first person. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so it it was a fantastic game when it came out, and I love that game. That was one of the few games I've had for the very. I still have that game technically. I don't even have a GameCube. <laughs> yeah, you can still have the game, but not the system. But like, I still like, like I have a Wii. Yeah, it'll but like, play it. but like, I have I have that still. The only thing I'm missing is the action replay thing I had. I wish I still had that. That's the only thing I kept would have kept from my GameCube. I could have given a shit about the Game Boy player or anything like that. Oh, I still got my Game Boy player. Yeah. I wonder if the Game Shark still works on the Game Boy Player. Probably. You just have to prop it up on some like blocks or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you can stick it in because they had a handle and shit. <laughs> just hang it by the GameCube handle. It'll be fine. Yeah. Probably hold that motherfucker up too. Uh, I'd say my number five uh, would be Super Mario World for Super Nintendo. Yeah. So that's that's a fantastic game by itself. I'm, yeah. always, I'm always tempted to come home after work and try to play that on the NES. So I, I would, it, I've teetered. You're talking about the Super Nintendo version. Yes. The Super Nintendo version. Mm. And I've kind of teetered between that one, the original for the uh, for the NES, and Mario Three for the NES, mm. being my favorites. But a- after enough time, Mario World just really controls the best. Uh, it's got the best enemies. It looks really good. It's great soundtrack. Mm. A lot of great levels. And as much as I still love the original and number three, um, they're still big time favorites. They would rank like six and seven. And my tops. I think I think it's weird because it's like Super Mario World is the only game I know where I wouldn't get anxious when I'm underwater. Yeah. Because you're not just dying of hell. You're, doo, 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 doo. Fuck, 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 fuck. Well, that was only in uh, 64 yeah. that they implemented and, and, that. And Sunshine, if you went underwater. Yeah, and Sunshine. But, but like, yeah, the, uh, the 2D platformers, uh, they never really did I the love playing, underwater. I love watching the Mario Maker guys yeah. do the Super Mario versions and the just brutally go through it i'm just like this is my friend's mom watching me play super mario i'm just like why are you playing it like that let me show you bam 14 lives your turn <laughs> I'll, yeah. ca- I'll carry this team yeah and plus I a lot of cool in, features too i put in a shit ton of hours on this game on my game boy too uh with the super mario advanced series they also reissued this mm-hmm. one on the game boy so yeah after enough kind of time and thought i, I would definitely put super mario world yeah. right above the original and number three yeah that fantastic game that, that was almost in my top five yeah yeah um my next one was mario sunshine Mm, that almost made it done. Yeah, Mario Sunshine is fantastic for me. It was the first Mario game I had for the GameCube. So much fucking fun. It is. And like even now, like you let me borrow. I still haven't played it yet, but it's like I need to because I just want to play it again. Yeah. But I wish I'd had the GameCube controller uh, Joy-Cons yeah. to play it. But Those things are goddamn expensive. Everything's fucking expensive with the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that 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 is... That is a fantastic game. It uh, is. Uh, the whole the whole thing is like you're just changing up Mario altogether, but still keeping the platforming. Mm-hmm. You're still keeping, you know, the kind of Mario sixty four kind of thing. You're you still know? jumping through paintings to get to other worlds and yeah. everything. And else. you got to learn like the new way to jump. You know, you can got the one, the two, and then the waha. <laughs> <laughs> like you got that, and now and now you can. You and have, then you can hold it by switching flood around to yeah. be like the propeller system. Oh, and by the way, uh, your best friend is a robot on your backpack. Yeah. But, that dies. <laughs> you, you, you love throwing out yeah, the morbid. No, it, it dies. It's 
fucking dead. It's the last of us of Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Sunshine is the last of us of Nintendo. <laughs> no, this one also ma- almost made uh, my list as well. I thoroughly enjoyed this one, especially being a big Mario fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing, though, that still kind of annoyed me with it, and I think it stems from spoilers with uh, Mario 64 is definitely going to be on this list, but like being such a fan of that and playing like just Mario... When Sunshine came out, I was like, God damn it, he's got something on his back the entire time. It doesn't feel like a regular Mario game. And then, like, Sunshine came out. I mean, uh, Odyssey came out. And I was like, no, no, sorry. Galaxy. Yes, thank you. Galaxy came out. And I was like, yes, it's like a regular Mario game again. I'm controlling just Mario. And then Odyssey came out. And he's got that fucked up hat. And I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) But no, I liked it. Especially because you also had, like, the different mechanic of you could run out of water. Yeah. And you had to refill it constantly. You had to refill it. You had uh, different fruits would do different things and clean up different spills. Mm. Uh, great mechanics in that game. Yeah, I think one of the first things I figured out was you can hold the fruit and have it bring it to that basket and then try and Kobe in that thing into the basket. Yes. It's almost impossible. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, hey, but when you did it, you got, I think, like a... You got a star. Yeah, a star or a, you got, like, an alternate Yoshi. Yeah, and then, you got, and then you got the blue and red coins you had to collect. And then there was a sewer underground. Yeah. And, and was, what's the name of the town? Flotino. Uh, Delfino Plaza. Yes, yeah, Dolphin. Yeah. Yes, it's Dolphin. Yeah. The whole island shaped like a dolphin. Uh, I'd say my number four on top five would be Mario Party 5. And that one is on the GameCube. And now this one, the reason I put this one up so high is uh, my girl. Now, was, that, were- was that the first for the GameCube? Yes, yes, because they made a couple for the GameCube. Uh, they eventually made some that implemented like the microphone and shit like that. None of that. This is just straight bare bones Mario Party. The graphics were great in it. The mini games were good. And I would set this bitch to fucking 80 turns, pop a bag of popcorn, and sit in my room all fucking day and play this game. I put in so many fucking hours with this by myself. Because my parents did not, they would play games with me every so often. They would not play Mario Party, even on 20 rounds. They thought it took way too fucking long to get through. So they did not want to sit for that amount of time. It's like a board game. It is. It's exactly what it is. It's a board game where everyone takes turns, and at the end of your turn, you play a mini game, and then you get right back to the board game. Collect stars. Whoever has the most stars at the end of the game wins. So it's it's very easy mechanics, fun, quick little mini games, and even the extra games that were in that, you had a cart builder, where it was kind of like Monster Garage, where you could like buy different parts, soup up your uh, your uh, destruction mobile, and like go out and like this turf and like shoot and uh, kill like your opponents and shit. And it was just like this crazy. It was kind of like a mixture between what would like be a an army tank game and Monster Garage and yeah. like Robot Wars. It was just really cool. It had a lot of replay value and I just remember playing the shit out of that game for the GameCube and it being the one that I could entertain myself with yeah. for the longest time. I would eventually get like burnt out playing like a Luigi's Mansion or mm-hmm. a Sunshine. This game kept it so different I could keep myself entertained for fucking hours with now, it. Now does it have good single player like is the single player just as fun as with the to me, it is, uh, especially because you can always set like uh, your different computer players to like different strengths. Oh, okay. So I would, what I would do sometimes is set like everyone to easy except for one. I'd set him to like hard. Yeah. And this, so it's like you had like this one asshole player, yeah. you know, or you'd set everyone to hard or set everyone to yeah, easy. I, I just couldn't get it because I didn't like the Mario Party games either. Yeah. Yeah. I just 
this is something I didn't like. No, I totally get that. But no, it's, for me, though, uh, for, for the lonely teenage kid that would like pop between playing this and then like turning on G4 TV and watching X play and Attack of the Show and then pop this back on. Yeah, early early memories. Early yeah. memories. <laughs> uh, my number three is Luigi's Mansion. Mm. See, and this, that's the reason why Sunshine and Mansion didn't make it on there is honestly, I put that one on first because i didn't want to overwhelm this with gamecube games mm. and and i will say the third one is fantastic yeah you've been playing that recently um, on the switch it has a two-player option mode which is fun uh the boss battle is not overly unfair as long as you know how to work the system um yeah, I beat it in like a day and a half. Uh, I was talking to a guy about that. He's like, well, it is a kid's game. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get the fuck out of Let here. Let me have my trophy, god damn it. But it's just like, yeah, all of Nintendo are kids' games. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> so, like, video games are for children. Yeah. So, no, uh, not Call of Duty. It is. It not is. Halo. It is. It is. You're killing it. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> especially for kids <laughs> teaches you about the real goddamn world fuck you cj <laughs> uh l1 r2 oh no l1 l2 r1 r1 up up down down left right left right. <laughs> x triangle is infinite fucking ammo hey. for the playstation 2 but you can't but in uh, vice city not san andreas <laughs> fact check him fact check him. <laughs> let us know in the you Discord. know how many fucking cheap books we had <laughs> growing up like oh what this one is oh this has got the new san andreas ones <laughs> <laughs> and then the internet came out those books went to shit yeah that, that they immediately went bankrupt i remember having like a stack of fucking notebook paper almost and like folded up inside the sleeve of the game oh yeah like some of our old uh fistful of quarter episodes i pulled mm. out my gamecube games that still have like all this printed off material with cheat codes and there was a guy there was a guy on a uh, youtube i forget what uh his name but uh they had he he had his mom had told him hey i'm getting rid of the snes do you want to get it do you want to have it back and it's, he still had the boxes the games came in and stuff yeah. and he pulled out the box for uh legend of zelda link to the past and it was kind of heavy he pulls it out and it was the map his dad drew oh wow of how he went every spot and it was like made of index cards yeah taped together oh that's so cool and it was it was i think it was like like fuck uh, uh I think it was like eight by eight. Yeah, index cards all scotch taped together. The scotch tapes was like turning brown around the edges and shit. And he's just like, "Holy shit!" My dad kept it and on the back of it was where to find everything. And right. His dad had drawn out the map, and I went online. I found like all these people's parents had did this with them. That's so cool, though. What, what is like the map? You know, because because in, in the game you can't pull up the map, but it's a vague map. Mm-hmm. But this one was sectioned off and where to go, where to find stuff. And I'm just like. I would have framed that goddamn thing. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> but it was like hand-drawn with pencil on fucking index cards. I was like, I about to tear it up a little bit. I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> and, and again, the reason... Uh, well, Oh, yeah, you were talking about Luigi's Mansion, though. Yeah. So in Luigi's Mansion, it's the first... To me, it's the first Luigi by himself. As, opposed, as opposed to the Mario missing game. Yeah. Uh, which isn't that good. Uh, it's actually, I think, one of the most hated SNES games <laughs> in front of the Nintendo. Uh, but... We got the great story of Luigi. Yeah. You know, he's scared all the time, but he gets his own backpack. Yep. That does cool shit. Yep. We get the side scientist character. Egad. Egad. Uh, he shows up again in three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get new materials in three, but like the the fun part of the game was flashlight, 
and vacuum vacuum and it reminded me of like a ghostbusters i was just about to say that and i'm a big fan of ghostbusters anyway so playing that game kind of lulled me in to where i didn't need to go out and buy the ghostbusters games <laughs> <laughs> which was a big thing that happened for ps3 and ps4 yes. uh but that was a mainstay game and it still has so much replay value because you can always go back just like Luigi's Mansion 3 you can go back and try to find everything in the game I would almost say Luigi's Mansion is a little bit more superior to Sunshine Mm -hmm. only because I remember and this will lead in of course later on there being so much lore and talking on the playground about like Mario 64 and like all the Mm -hmm. hidden potential that's within this game luigi's mansion kind of felt the same yeah it felt like there was an unlimited amount of possibilities of secrets you could find and everything because the map itself was very small Mm. but you would keep running into all these little hidden rooms in this tiny Mm. map so it's like you kept going oh i just got to keep digging deeper what's deeper in this layer was deeper in the onion so it's like I just remember feeling very captivated by that game. And plus, that was around the time that I really started liking a bunch of horror things. And, so it and, just played in And perfect. a really cool thing about Luigi's Mansion, especially the third one, is it's 13-plus levels. Mm. You're in a hotel. In the mansion, it feels the same way. You're, it feels like it's multi-leveled, even though you're in a, just a mansion. Yeah. Um, the cash and money thing, I think, is hilarious. Yeah, it's you're just like... like and it's just like there's money in the game this whole time there's been money in the mario universe that exists coins <laughs> yeah but yeah but it's coins but this is cash motherfucker and gold bars and shit. <laughs> so like i would have like i would have loved at that time if they had made like a dlc game mm-hmm. for melee where you had to play as luigi's mansion luigi and mario sunshine mario and them just trying to duke it out and fight it because now if you did it now the Mario Sunshine would probably kick Luigi's ass because he's got a goop character that, uh, <laughs> Luigi backwards whatever that Goo- is Gooigi yeah Gooigi <laughs> and it's just like if he gets hit by water he evaporates uh, and like Mario Sunshine would be too focused <laughs> on that motherfucker to not see them <laughs> fucking pops coming and that dead eye that Luigi gives on Mario Kart uh, <laughs> well that leads in perfectly to uh, my number three which is Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube and that's the reason Mansion and Sunshine didn't show up on this list is because I've got two GameCube games on here yeah. so I, but Melee though holy crap dude I, I I never got to own the original for the 64 until mm. I got older. Like I actually wound up owning it after I had Melee. But mom would rent uh, the original Smash Brothers for me for the 64 mm. from Blockbuster yeah. almost once a month. And I would just play the fuck out of that game. One of my other friends had it. We would play the hell out of that I had game. It. So we've talked about this many times, but one Christmas I got the GameCube and it came with a shit ton of games. Yep. Same. Uh, uh, one of those games was smash brothers melee. Mm-hmm. It was the last game I played in that stack. Cause I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just had a bunch of Nintendo characters on. I'm just like, uh, okay. If it's probably like a party game. Right. At that point, I didn't know what it was. Right. So I put it in one, you know, player one. And I, Realized that you could get trophies for every character mm-hmm. and you get gold trophies for every character. So I spent like a month and got all that shit. <laughs> and I'm just like learning every character. Kirby was the last one I did because I couldn't play that character very well. Yeah. But no, I kept like the, the finger guy, boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 the shadow version, you know. 
I played that game until I hit like that platinum level. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay. And then I started playing with some friends of mine who had Brawl later on. I'm just like, I suck at this game. Yeah. But I wasn't I'm, good at Brawl. But when I was at, when I was single player, yeah, I'm the shit. <laughs> Not even like in easy mode, just like as whatever normal mode it starts off as. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. I'm just bashing these motherfuckers to death. <laughs> and like, uh, it, it did have a weird health dynamic. You could be like 100% and not get knocked off that fucking platform. As long as you can jump right back up as long as you don't go out of bounds or fall to Did the bottom. Did you have a favorite uh, level? Like a stage? Hmm, a couple. Um, honestly, I liked the uh, the really simplistic um, sparkly stage that just had the uh, the platform and then two floating platforms and it was kind of in space. Oh. Kind of purple hinged. I liked that one a good bit. Um, was that the uh, Star Fox? No, the Star Fox one was you You're were on, on a jet. Yeah, you were on a jet with that one. That was fucking hard. Uh, but with that one, also liked the um, the F Zero. No, that one on the racetrack. Yes, yeah, that's, that was a that fun was fucking one. rough. Um, the Metroid one where the um, the monster kind of slashes oh, at Ridley, you. Yeah, Ridley, the dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that was a fun one. And honestly, I didn't like the Hyrule one as much. Everyone like loves doing that. I hated one. the Hyrule one because there's a spot where you could just stand there. Yes, and that's and, why people fucking like that one. When and they that's can just camp, basically camp and wait for somebody. Fuck that shit. And then hop up and just beat the shit out of you. No, 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 no. Yeah, but I liked a lot of the stages on that one, and and the single player replay was tremendous because again, you had so many different people with different stats and Did different you have a, games. Like a go to. Look, I'm a basic bitch. Mario. Every fucking time. It doesn't matter if it's Mario Party, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers. I've always picked Mario. Yeah. I I don't I know I've seen so many fucking people online with like the list tiers of like, you know, if you pick Mario, you're basic bitch. I'm a fucking basic bitch. I don't care. It's a Mario game. I'm gonna play as Mario. Mine my, my go to was always Sheik. Which mm. was the other version of Princess Zelda. Yep. Where she dressed like a ninja, basically. Yep. That was my go-to because she could jump higher mm. than regular Zelda. But yeah, she, yeah, yeah. But, you would have to pick regular Zelda, but if you press the uh, the blue Z button, you would transform yeah. and then you can kick some ass. The only problem is like if you jumped and pressed the Z button by accident, her fall is slowed by a lot. Kind of like yeah. Peach. You know, Peach, yep. when you play as Peach, she pops out an umbrella and slows back down. But like that would suck in like F-Zero when you're just falling and she's like... <laughs> giving you the finger on the way down while you're getting hit by like 50 fucking race cars and shit. I know. But yeah, that would uh that would definitely be my number 3 is uh Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah. Uh, mine my second favorite is Link to the Past. Okay. Link yeah. to the Past. Uh, one of the greatest probably video games of all time mm. to me. Like if I was making a list, this would probably be in my top 5 of greatest video games I've ever played. Period. Period. Um it's so simplistic. It's got replay value out the ass. Hey, do you want to you want to challenge yourself? Play it without this. Mm. You can beat the game without getting all the items. I've done it. It's not that hard. But if you want to beat the whole fucking game, you got to get yeah. all the items. And this was actually the first game to do a shout out to a fan that I know of. Uh, a guy named Chris uh, uh, Julian had passed away. And was a big Zelda fan. And if you play the game a certain way, there is a Chris Hoolian room in the game. And if you go to the little uh, little button in the in the room, it's filled with rupees. It's shiny and blue, with all blue rupees, which is like the highest rupees yep. um, at that time. Uh, it said, "This is dedicated to Chris Hoolian um, in the spirit of the game." Blah 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 blah. This is for him. 
See, I remember reading about that. And there are a couple of different ways to get to the room. You can always do it by accident, but you can't do it for the one on Nintendo Switch for some reason. I've tried it at Mikey's Friday because I was telling him about it. Yeah. Um, and I kept trying and trying and trying. I'm just like, mm, they won't. It won't go. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious if they took it out but i'm not sure i'm not saying they did but i'm just saying it was hard for me to get the glitch to work right and it is a glitch so that's the thing too (laughs) the developers put that in there without probably telling nintendo and Mm -hmm. some guy found it and was like no and like took a snapchat or took a snap uh, (laughs) picture of it took a snap of it and sent it to nintendo power hey i found this in the zelda game holy what the fuck oh no someone (laughs) someone had commit harry carry after that but the game is very simple you know the bosses were fantastic. I won uh, uh, a keychain from a GameStop for beating uh, the first boss in so many minutes. Oh, wow. And it was the shield on a keychain. And oh, I won yeah. that from a GameStop. And I thought that was because they had like they had it set up on an emulator, basically. And they had the little USB controllers out. And they were trying to sell these USB controllers. But, that's, but they had a little emulator set up with the screen and everything. And yeah and like this one guy he beat the fucking like main boss like ganon in like four minutes it was ridiculously fast oh wow and but and he didn't take any damage that was fucking unreal um because like, i'm still fucking impressed by this yeah, kid yeah but like you know I, I, the first boss i fought you know doom, 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 done i'm done i'm done and it wasn't like mario where it's three hits mm-hmm. it's it's over time over time and uh I did that at Mikey's when we were playing the Super Mario game. You remember the second boss on Donut Island? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's doom, doom, and you got it, and it's coming for you, and it goes up the wall. And yep. I got him before he touched the wall. Oh shit! Three hits before he hit the wall. Fuck I ran yeah. at that motherfucker. Bop, waited. Bop, bop. <laughs> done. <laughs> do, 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 do. And then I stomped his fucking castle to the ground. I thought you were gonna say then I stomped his controller. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, just pissed my <laughs> Stomp, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> what the fuck, Chris? What the fuck? But yeah, like Link to the Past, you know, is so much replay value now. I'm glad they added it to the emulated SNES. Of mm-hmm. fucking course, they should. It's probably the greatest hits of other fucking generation next to Super Mario. <laughs> but like those two, like those are the best of the best of that whole console. Yeah. And, and I would say everything you just said applies to my number two, which is Mario 64. Yeah. Um, I've talked about it countless times anytime we brought up a Nintendo or a gaming episode. Did you but, ever do the glitches in that one? Oh, God, yes. And I found them out by mistake. Mm-hmm. I wasn't reading the uh, Nintendo powers. I didn't have internet. This was me just sitting in my room fucking off in this game, mm-hmm. not even going through levels. It's like I would just jump in a world that I knew like wasn't going to be like specifically set up for like a certain star. And I would just free roam. I would just jump on different things, destroy everything, try to collect all the hundred regular gold coins. But through that, just like trying to like climb every tree, yeah. jump at every wall. The possibilities of this game are endless. I remember kids talking about, you know, L is real in school and shit like this. So it's like the game felt like it had all this untapped potential because it was so wide and vast already. I'm sure it could be deeper, you know? It's like, what what could be lurking in here? So I just remember just that game, not only just for the gameplay, but the kind of the mysticism behind it and how much potential it could hold just enriched the whole playing aspect of it. And it's like, I remember the commercials for it, the Got Milk commercial, mm-hmm. and like the imagery and the style. It's like Mario was 
everywhere at that time and jumping into that world felt like jumping into the mario world so it just it was just the epitome of just what i wanted out of a game period. One, of the, one of the funniest like uh videos about video games was the guy sitting there trying to do the stairway glitch and he couldn't quite do it and his girlfriend grabs it, and he's like done yep <laughs> and it's, it's just like that look at his face like defeat oh yeah and it's like it, it would be like the different things of uh i would try to figure out how to do how to jump up the stairwell you know without getting as many stars mm-hmm. or even the very first one you collect i think it's uh eight stars and then you can go in the first bowser room mm-hmm. and the way the first bowser room is set up is you go into the sliding doors you walk up like a couple steps and then you've got a long hallway and you've already been trained that you jump through picture frames within the game so at the very end of the hallway you see a picture frame of peach so you start walking toward the frame and as you're walking toward it it slowly starts morphing into bowser and by the time bowser fully gets into frame the floor dips out from underneath you and you fall into the bowser stage well as a kid, I would fall through the floor and look at how much of a gap there was on the floor, and I would go, okay, I could do a running jump, press Z, and like launch myself over this thing. I just have to time my jump right. Spending 30 minutes just to fuck, like redoing that over and over to time my jump right, just to find out there's an invisible wall and I can't like fucking get through the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I would spend just so much time doing little shit like that. And it's like, I also, I could find ways to like jump off high points of buildings and land in other weird spots. So I'm like, okay, if I could do this, I, I'm sure there's like weird shit, like underneath levels. I would waste lives just jumping into a level, going around to an area I've not been in before and kind of like jumping off the side and like moving the camera around to see if there's like any hidden platforms. I was, in this fucking game dude <laughs> uh it has to be my number two and it just reminds me of the the, the lego cubes we put together with all the levels yes it is it is the n64 mario mm-hmm. that, that we were putting together and i remember watching like putting that together and i'm just like what all right let me look up what the fuck this level actually looks like to, to kind of see what if if they got it right and they all they kind of did yeah especially the ice one with all yes. the levels going up and shit and the little cannons and stuff you set up i don't know did you ever finish yours i've gotten a little further lame <laughs> lame you're not a lego fan get the fuck out of my face well what's your number one chris breath of the wild <laughs> is my number one nintendo game well at least both of us have very similar styles yours is very zelda heavy mine's very mario heavy yeah, but like it, it is perfect like it, to me it is the perfect game there are people that get like bitch and moan and stuff like that like, of all things we like you know uh but like in the game, you know your weapons, you know can break. Okay, that added kind of a sense of realism to me. To for me, if I'm killing fifty guys with one spear, eventually that spear's gonna fucking break. Um, the the timing's perfect. You know when it came out with the switch, uh, I got it much later, so I got it with the DLC and everything. The DLC was fucking perfect. It's worth the money to get the DLC. That's hard to say. Yeah, for really a lot is. of stuff, it is worth the fucking money and. I love that game. Like, I play it all the time. If I get tired of a new game I'm playing, like if I'm playing Luigi's Mansion, I get tired. Where did I leave off on, on Breath of the Wild on the new playthrough? You know? Yeah, <laughs> my third playthrough. Let me let me go and play it without a shield. Let me see how far I get without fucking playing like a defensive pussy. Let me just be all attack, stab, 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 stab. Oh, let me learn a new move that some guy showed. Like, there are people that play this game who defeat enemies that take me 30 minutes to defeat and do it in less than four minutes. And it's almost infuriating. And I'm just like, 
No, it's not. Like it, it, the sky was technical, perfect, glitched, and worked everything out. And you can do it. Like that's the fucking thing is, it's not some weird way of playing the controller. You know, mid in your hands a certain way, like those fuckers that play Tetris. Yeah, uh, like it is. They're like holding the controller upside down. Yeah, and shit. I've watched those fucking kids, and the kid just broke the fucking world record for Tetris for the NES, and everybody's like, uh, "Did he cheat? No." <laughs> No, he held the controller. <laughs> uh, it was in his hands. It was in his motherfucking hands. You didn't tell him he had to play it like a, like this, like a brick. But he played it like he a played f- like a flute. Yeah, he was just like like a recorder, <laughs> just like kicking ass, pointing the controller at motherfuckers. <laughs> but like in Breath of the Wild, the story is fun. The enemies are tough, but not too, too not impossible to beat. There are multiple ways to play the game, and I will say, like the opener is fantastic because it opens up to what you're going to see. Do I have gripes with the game? I have a gripes with every game, but this is the one that's my perfect favorite, and it justified me buying a Switch. That's it, also so, hard to say. So, like, I had a Switch Lite and got Breath of the Wild. It justified me enough to get the new Switch. Wow! Because the screen's bigger, <laughs> and the Joy Cons don't have as much. And pain. you can connect it to the TV. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like that—that that justified it enough for me to buy a three hundred dollar system. You know, not just because there's some more of the games I want to play, but because this is the game for me that is the flagship of the Switch. Yeah, you know, you have Mario Party, you have Mario Kart, which is technically the flagship of the Switch. That is the top game for the Switch for most for every critic of the system. For me, it's Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom is going to probably be the next one. No, and, and the way you feel about that is definitely the way I feel about Mario 64. And this will be the first time since the 64, Zelda will be released twice on a console. For you're Nintendo. right, you're right. Yeah, so like from 64, you had Majora's Mask, and you had that one. I don't count Twilight Princess as a game for the GameCube. Mm. I counted for the Wii. Yeah. Because that's why it was made for the Wii. Yeah. But you only have Wind Waker for the GameCube. Yeah. So, like, it's the first time that two games are being, two games from this franchise are actually going to be put on the same console for the same fucking reason. Yeah. So, I'm excited to see that. And I think that the games are just going to get better because now uh, the platform the platform is there with it. I mean, if, if they've been I doing played, so well the last two years, they've got to. I haven't played a Mario game since Mario Galaxy 1 for the Wii. And. I still haven't played Odyssey. I've watched a lot of playthroughs. It looks fun, but yeah. I've yet to play it. Yeah. And because of that, because I haven't played it, um, you, you kind of said it. My number one, oddly enough, is Street Two- Fighter Two Turbo. Yes, <laughs> Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yeah, and I was tempted to buy that when I was out buying because it, it was cheaper, uh, and I was tempted to buy it just to be like, you know what, I got a game I can play with Alex. Dude, I will say this, I. One, I've always enjoyed the Mario Kart franchise. Mm. Um, I had Double Dash for the GameCube, had the Wii version. I never owned a Wii U, but that's the bullshit that I'm about to bring up here. The Mario Kart game for the Wii U was Mario Kart 8. The Switch game is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mm. It's the same fucking game. So technically, my favorite game is a Wii U game, which is a little fucked up. But I say the Switch version, and I, right now, I would be content if they never released another Mario Kart. No. If they ended with this series. And there's the, nothing they could put onto a game. Like There's no new things they could do to the game to justify making a Mario Kart 9. I don't think so. No. And the reason being is the DLC they're creating right now. With the different tracks. 
Yes. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe already came preloaded with a bunch of brand new tracks mm. and then remasters and reskins and like additions to like the classic level. So like you would get Moo Moo Farm from Mario 64. from 64, but like it would be expanded upon. Mm. It'd be a little bit of a longer track, updated graphics, but it would still be, you would still be reminded of Moo Moo Farm. Uh, same thing with like Peach's Castle uh, Raceway. That's in there. Now, does it have like a double dash feature? It doesn't yet, yes. but I could see them adding that as a feature in the DLC. No. And even with the DLC, they're starting to add a lot more courses, like about maybe every four months they add like uh, eight new courses. So that's actually a good question. Though. Do you think Nintendo would be better off just doing DLC packs for this game instead of making a Mario Kart 9? I think so. Because I'm just waiting for like Mario Kart X, because yeah. that that would be the one that would like if they were to ever go that far with a Mario Kart 10, mm-hmm. it should come preloaded or a, a a reasonable expectation of being rewarded with the original games. Yeah, that's what I think. Like if you're going to make a game that's been franchised out for so long, kind of like Mar- Mar- talking about Metroid Prime. Hey, if you beat the game, you get the old game. How yeah. badass is that? Well, I mean, they're slowly making that the availability. I mean, if so the reason I'm getting the updated things is because I've got the expansion pack through mm. Nintendo Online. Yeah. So on the Super Nintendo channel, you already get Super Mario Kart, which mm. you can pass on. But on the 64 channel, they now have Mario Kart 64. So mm. you can actually play those two games already for quote-unquote free. And then they're adding all these extra tracks to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And man, it's like... It, the carts control well. There's enough character selection to where if you don't want to play as Mario every single time, mm-hmm. like I do, there's tons of other characters from your mainstays like Mario and Waluigi and Wario and Bowser and Peach, all the way down to fucking Koopa Troopers and Shy Guys and fucking Gold Peach, Gold Rose Peach, mm-hmm. you know, or Rose Gold Peach, right? Yeah. So it's like you know. Every little care, all the different couplings, yeah. Iggy and Lemmy I remember, I remember and all them. Double Dash being so popular because it was like a team game almost. Exactly, they found a way to kind of change the formula some, and this is the reason why I say I would be happy if this was the last one. So Super Nintendo one, me. Uh, the sixty four one came out. You've got a lot more buttons, so triggers are easier to manage you've got the new joystick so you've got a lot more precision with your turning okay that's added quality of life upgrades to this game well when the gamecube came out what's the way to do it just a nicer version no let's make two characters now if you want to play as you know with with your friend you can either play split screen or one guy can drive and another guy can be in charge of your items Mm. awesome fun game mechanic the wii version can comes out well, here's your new mechanic. You can use the Wii mode as your steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And then the Switch, uh, the Wii U came out, and they didn't really do much other than you've got the gamepad, which can double as your map. They didn't do much on that. Now that they've put it on the Switch, and it's a much more highly profitable system, a lot more people have been playing it. What else can they do with the next upgrade? They've now released two games where they didn't change the status quo. When all the other times before they did, I feel like they've plateaued. And because of that, 
They just need to keep releasing updates. Mm. Just keep doing that. We'll buy the little updates. Don't waste the money with all the new R&D and assets and all that stuff to make us spend $60 on a game that's essentially a DLC pack. Right. I'll buy the $20 DLC pack. That kind of goes into my next question. You know, with the X, with Xbox One S, you know, and the PlayStation 5, eventually we're going to be in the next probably three years we're going to come up into the next console do you think there's going to be another nintendo console next based on what they've made they've kind of hit the nail on the head with the greatest you know enjoyable console to make the only thing i could think of is it's a handheld and a console okay so they did the uh else OLED. OLED. Yeah. Yeah. So they did the OLED model. Honestly, I think their next move is a Switch Pro. Yeah, but like it's with like a better chip inside to like run games a little smoother, Mm -hmm. maybe finally support like actual like 4K stuff. Yeah, but like, do you think it'll be a new console? Like, I have a Switch OLED, which is not much different from the Switch. Right. There is a Switch Lite, which is only handheld, or you can buy a third party you know a docking station mm-hmm. and a controller yeah but you know the playstation has a new controller right the xbox has a more responsive controller and online capability right so do you think that they would go away from that console on like the new nintendo whatever the fuck no and the reason i kind of feel like, you, that like, way like, like i feel like in my opinion i think they've plateaued nintendo yeah. cannot make another sim system that is totally different from what they have now i don't think they can and i don't think they will because let's look at at least their marketing strategy and the way they've kind of presented themselves Mm -hmm. they always had their hands in two different pots uh their handheld market and their home console market and if we watch the trajectory both throughout time have been slowly creeping in on each other mm-hmm. you had the super game boy player for the any uh, super nintendo and then for the nintendo 64 you could play select games through the card reader pack you could put in the bottom of your controller and then you had the full out e-reader game boy advance player on the gamecube all of a sudden after the wii and wii u the 3d yet or okay around that time is when the game boy died then you've got your three uh, your ds now you've got a new new form factor in your handhelds they weren't continuing to release game boy and ds systems the ds replaced the game boy as the yep. handheld then you start seeing similarities in button placement design mm-hmm. size between the wii wii u and now the 3ds now with the switch we essentially have two wiimotes attached to what used to be a 3ds they've now merged their whole systems together i think they're just going to continually upgrade that single system and be like it's going to it's going to turn into like an iphone upgrade here's the new nintendo switch upgrade this one has a better screen a better processor as now can support up to this that and the other and check this out here's your new optional controller your joy cons are still going to work but check this out this is going to work with the new processor so you actually have new tilting capabilities and look at the touchpad that's on this controller i see them creating brand new peripherals new little 
things that they can add to the system while your actual system stays the same. So let's say they come out with a Nintendo OLED 2. Okay, 4K supported, all this. What is something you would want to see added to the system? Because there's only one thing I want added to the fucking system. Hmm. That, see, and I don't know. I feel like that kind of turns into the Apple thing. Nintendo's really good at creating something I didn't know I wanted. Yeah. Just like Apple. So, like, so Switch, you know, you have a spot for an SD card for extra memory. Fantastic. Xbox did that perfectly with a 360. You can buy a third party hard drive, save everything to that. You know, fight them PC motherfuckers to death. Uh, The only thing I want to see if they do make a Switch Pro. You know, is a slot to put fucking DS games in. I was thinking about that too. That would be really cool. And I'll I'll take you one step higher. Create a new dock with a disc system in it. No, that way we can play our GameCube games. No, so the, I think the internet will go so far enough that after the sixty four pack collection, they will do a GameCube select edition and that's but that's where the third party hard drive would have to come in maybe it's something that could add to your docking station like let's say a terabyte hard drive that hooks into it with an ethernet jack which it does have an ethernet jack to yes, it. it does so that's what i would like to see next and yeah actually that, talking that, about that i see them creating new docks mm-hmm. but i don't think they're going to create a i don't think they're going to move away from the model of home and portable console they're all. I feel like they're going to keep that form factor. I don't think they're going to pull a PS, a PlayStation, or an Xbox move and be like, "Here's your strictly home console." They're going to stick with that form factor of both. Yeah, but like that's that's what I want to see about. Hey, you know, you guys have been like, it, it, you've been loyal fans. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. We know you love the 3DS. You still have those games. Probably they're probably not supported anymore online. What if we, as like capitulate a little bit, do what PlayStation did, which made them backwards compatible, or do what Xbox did, which was create an entire fucking uh, subscription service already attached to the gold service where you could play the old 360 games, or you could download them at least and hold on to them for a while. Yeah. What if they just created another slot or a way of bringing those games back mm-hmm. to play on the switch like pokemon red and blue or pokemon gold and silver we'll see that that's what i'd like to see and they don't have to do any um upgrades on that i just want a goddamn game boy channel yeah well yeah I, that's what i'm talking about yeah. like basically a game boy channel yeah but um another thing is they have been reworking some of the games like Link's awakening which was strictly for the original og game boy got reworked into a game for the yep. switch and it looks fun it looks cartoony it looks good mm-hmm. it looks like what is probably what is meant to be right and it, which is a top-down platformer you know um but i think the switch has kind of plateaued though in form yeah not capability i agree just form yeah playstation 5 looks like it was made by aliens um, <laughs> then you have the xbox the fridge the fridge which is hot like you could cook chicken on it <laughs> like I, I, I mean it's even got the grates on top yeah it's got the grates on top i could put like a little piece of metal on top and start making burgers <laughs> you know I, I joked with a buddy of mine and he's got fans like external fans hooked to it so he could you know process yeah. you know keep it cold and all i could think of is brad and all his systems uh-huh. i'm just like get the fuck out of here <laughs> i could not like i i hear younger people talking about getting the newer consoles and stuff like i'm never buying a playstation 5 what the fuck it's too expensive i'm not buying an and you can't five. find them anywhere but like even even next year maybe when or this year later this year where they're going to be extremely available 
I'm not going to do it because I got a handheld. I can just get off work, grab, sit on the couch, and fall asleep. Yeah, and playing <laughs> Breath of the Wild, the greatest game ever made. And on that note, I think this has been a pretty solid episode of the Couch Brotatoes. If you've got some topic ideas for us or any news you think we ought to talk about, hit it up in that Discord. Again, the link is in the episode description. It's really easy to find. Come join us. Join the conversation. Share a meme or two. Have a couple laughs and stick around. We're going to be doing a lot more of this shit this year. And... Tune in next week. I kind of I, I mentioned it on the tail end of last week's episode, but I cropped it out because I read the times wrong. But tune in next week where we're going to be reviewing at least the first few episodes, depending on how many uh, we get through, of that 90s show. Because that's going to be coming out this Thursday on Netflix. And Dumbass. Yeah, I mean, I know that I'm immediately going to be binging that show as soon as it comes out. So I'm sure. Now, that's gonna be, now that'll be a full season, right? Yes. They've said it's going to be a full season. Yes, it's going to be like a full run of episodes. So, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and run that down next week. And after we talk about a few couple little news segments. But until then, Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I didn't bring it up, but HBO has actually started removing content from their streaming (laughs) service. And I think it's because of stuff like Velma. I didn't bring it up, but uh, this is the first time this ever happened. Yeah. HBO made a series that they own and have removed it from the platform. Imagine Netflix doing removing Stranger Things after Stranger Things 5 came out. Yeah. Can you imagine how fucking terrifying that's going to be? Because it got sold. They sold their own IP. Yep. It's ridiculous. And uh, if you sw- I swear to God, if another fucking streaming service gets that show that I have to buy, I'm going to lose my goddamn <laughs> shit. Tune in next week as we talk about what the fuck show that was. 